Amen, amen. What a joy it is to be in God's house. Do you sense God's presence in this place? Man, the Lord is here. He says he inhabits the praises of his people, and God is inhabiting the praises of his people even now at New Hope. I'm JD. This is my wife, Angie. We're excited to be at Angie's home church, place where she was born and raised. We want to show you one quick video before we get started. Chasing the desires of our hearts and counting on things unseen. We dream, we hope, we believe. Yet for some, the story is different. Cambodia is a country crippled by many things. Lack of education, broken families, poverty, corruption, and genocide. Throughout the world, history seems to repeat itself as those with power oppress and the marginalized pay the price. Yet here, these problems are merely the symptoms of a greater cause. In Cambodia, children do not dream. Good is believed to be limited. Compassion is rare and poverty extreme. This combination brings with it chaos, disruption, and lack of choices, leaving the poor uneducated and powerless to change. But change, true change, we believe, takes more than a handout. It requires a change of heart, mind, and soul. It takes the relentless presence of unwavering love and acceptance that lasts a lifetime. Inspiring hope and empowering potential. Trading dysfunction and brokenness for refuge of truth that believes human beings have intrinsic value, that where there is education, there is opportunity, and with opportunity comes hope. The future is bright. Amen, amen, and amen. Inspiring hope and empowering potential. That's our hope. That's our prayer. That's what we feel like God is asking us to do. Um, huge shout out to your pastor, to our pastor, Brother Bowen. Um, known him for many of years. Good job. <laughs> he actually, I don't know if he remembered this, but he did our premarital counseling uh, back in 1993. Back in, and I, I was so excited he called us a young couple. We've been married 21 years. Back in 1998, he did our premarital counseling. Give it up, 21 years of marriage. Woohoo! <laughs> and, uh, and, and I'll never forget, we're sitting there in the office, and he said, Now, you see what color her hair is? Catch that? <laughs> I'm it was redder back then. It was, it was, it was. So <laughs> grateful that I married a redhead. I said, yes, I know exactly what color her hair is. But, but he, I don't know if people come back and say this, but you prepared us for marriage. 
um, you made what could have been roadblocks just speed bumps uh, in these 21 years. So thank you, thank you for that. Uh, Pastor Bowen has been a, a wonderful friend. Uh, I don't think he'd call himself my mentor, but I call him my mentor. He's definitely one of my mentors. I've had several phone conversations with him, and we'll talk about that just a little bit later. But it's also great to be with uh, Pastor Steve Candler and the worship ministry here. Aren't they doing a fantastic job? Wonderful, wonderful worship in this place. And uh, Steve and I have been knowing each other for a little bit, as they say. And usually when we talk on the phone, our conversations are like 30 minutes of just cutting up and about five minutes worth of business. Uh, and so if you got a friend you can call and cut up with for 30 minutes, that's a good friend. And I count him a good friend, and I really like his haircut as well. So it's a joy, a joy to be with you. And Pastor Reagan, just a wonderful job of, of, of hosting us here. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 28. I want us to read this out of our Bibles. We're going we're gonna to read Matthew chapter 28. Before we do that, we want to introduce our family real quick, which you'll see in a minute. I think you guys may have a picture um, uh, the media department can throw one up there. But I'm JD. This is my wife, Angie. Our oldest son, Jaden, is 14. Next in line is our Julian. He is 10. Four years difference. And uh, Ava is nine. And our little Jensen, he is seven. And you're going to hear from them just a little bit later in the service. But we are excited to be here. And we're here to share the story of Cambodia. I feel like God has placed a specific word on my heart for this house as well. So we'll share that. But we hope over the next few minutes you'll know what God has called all of us to do. You'll feel compassion for the lost and inspired to reach them, and that you will support us through prayer and giving. It all started back in 2015. Um, how many of you here have heard of Buy a Tree, Change a Life Christmas tree sales? Oh, awesome, awesome. There's a site here in Augusta. Um, and just know this, this year when you buy your tree, you'll be changing our lives. Uh, so I, I, I want to throw that out there. But, but we also did the, the missional fundraiser in Plant City. We started that in 2015. And it's actually grown, I think there are around 50 churches each year across the United States that buy Christmas trees at wholesale prices sell those Christmas trees, have business sponsorships, and give away 100% of the profit. 85% goes to help missions in Cambodia, children, and the other 15% stays right in the local community to help children. We did backpacks, stuffed backpacks that we gave away every year to all the kids in Plant City. In 2015, as we began this ministry, God began to work on our hearts. In hindsight, we're seeing this, that he was birthing something. That year, through miracles, we were able to raise $26,000 on Christmas trees. And, and the exciting part is we gave it all away. And so in the early part of 2016, I was able to go to Cambodia and see the work that we were partnering with, which was People for Care and Learning. And the work they were doing there was absolutely amazing. My heart was set on fire for what God was doing in Cambodia. I came back lit up, as they say, um, to do and be what God was calling us to do and to be. And he literally came in... 
from the plane, we sat down in the living room and we sat all four of the kids down in front of the TV and it was like a, like a missionary service, you know, with the slides and the videos and he was, he was really lit on fire. In fact, his heart had been changed to a missionary heart. I didn't recognize it at the time and I'm not sure that he fully did at the time, but as things uh, moved on in our lives and as the Lord was dealing with us, we now see that that's what God was planting in his heart. And so in 2018, I had the privilege of going as well. Uh, JD went again and we went together with the team and uh, to see all of these things that I had seen the pictures, I had heard him talk about and uh, it was overwhelming what was happening for the kingdom in Cambodia through People for Care and Learning. They had been there for almost 20 years, between 15 and 20 years, working effortless, I mean, working, not effortlessly, <laughs> putting a great amount of effort into humanitarian work. And um, so it was very cool to go back and to go and to see all of these things that JD had talked about. Um, and just, just to be impressed by the people of God getting the work done over there. And on the way home on that trip, I I told JD this, and I've said it multiple times since then. I, th I said, I think I've grown up knowing how to do church. You know, I, I grew up, as we said, here in this church, and it's been a wonderful church. And don't get me wrong, this church has taught me so, so much. But I learned um, about how to do church, and I didn't realize that I was missing a little bit of how to do community. Now, this church does community and does it well. And that's what we were seeing in Cambodia. But I was so struck by how well they were doing community. And it was literally bringing people into the body of Christ. And so fast forward to this past January, late January. And we were sitting on the couch and um, JD got a feeler text, you know, where you get the text about the subject because the person sending it wants to see, do you want to have the conversation on the phone before I call you? And so the text just said, um, would you be willing, would you be interested in planting a church in Siem Reap, Cambodia? He reads the text. He shows it to me. And as soon as I read it, I knew we were going to Cambodia. I didn't say that to him at the time. Uh, and he and I just had a conversation and said, well, let's pray and see. I think he was shocked when I didn't say, absolutely not. Do you expect me to pick up my kids and move to the other side of the planet? So the Lord just had been dealing with our hearts, dealing with our hearts. I remember that the next morning I went into my prayer time and I took my journal. Do we have any people who like to plan in the house? Yes. Raise your hands high. Proud. Thank you. That way I don't feel alone right now. <laughs> And, uh, but we had spent some time a few weeks before that doing some planning. We did five-year planning and one-year planning and quarterly planning. We homeschool the kids. And so I needed these things in place just so that I could make sure we were tracking together. We knew what was going on and, and all of this. And I remember taking that journal before the Lord that next morning. And I said, Lord, this is not on the five-year plan. Nowhere is it where we've done this planning. It's not on my five-year plan. And the Lord said, but it's on my five-year plan. And the things that you have been walking through for the past few years have been preparation for you to be able to say yes at this moment. And how many of you know that when the Lord speaks something to you like that, he speaks volumes in five words. And it's just 
amazing. Immediately, there was such a peace in my spirit. And I knew that I knew that this was what God was asking us to do. And that's not to say there haven't been moments of fear. There, it's not to say that there haven't been moments of thinking, we have absolutely lost our minds. What are we doing? <laughs> and, and yet and still, in those moments, the Lord is so faithful and he's so quick to calm my spirit and say, Angie, if I've called you, I'm going to provide, I'm going to make a way. And just like, just like these songs that we've talked about today, fear has to bow in the presence of God. When God calls us, when he speaks it to our hearts, all of those fears, in fact, one of the things that as we prayed about this, I, I, I shared with JD that it was just a revelation in my time with the Lord. You know, we could stand before the Lord in a year's time, looking at what's happening, happening around us. We all know that it really could be any moment. And if a year from now I was to stand before the Lord, and him look at me and say, I gave you an opportunity to go to Cambodia. Why didn't you go? Everything that came to my mind could not hold up in front of the God of the universe. It was all fears that made no sense in his presence. And so God has confirmed, and as from the moment that we stepped away from Plant City, it has been like the sails have gone up and the wind of the Spirit has been at our backs, and he has literally catapulted us forward. J.D.'s going to share a little bit more in a few minutes about how God has provided. But we have just been amazed, and i got to just say again how thankful I am. The song that we sang, The Goodness of God, I learned that song for the first Sunday that we were on the road, and it ministered to my soul so much. I've been wanting to sing it everywhere we went. When, when Steve said, can we do goodness of God? I said, yes, thank you. Because that whole concept that his mercy and his goodness is running after us. He's running after us with goodness. And he's pushing us forward in his path for us with his goodness and his faithfulness. And God has truly done that. And so we know that we know by the peace and the presence of God and his confirmation that this is what he's calling us to do in this season. And I hope you feel inspired by this story. We share our hearts and we kind of lay them bare before you to hopefully get you thinking, God, what are you asking me to do? Is anything too hard for God? And so our heart and our prayer is that you would be open to what God is asking you to do. And our heart and our prayer is that we would remain open to what God is asking us to do. Matthew chapter 28 verse 19 says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You may have heard it said that some are called to go and some are called to give, but I want to strongly encourage us with this word this morning, all are called to go and all are called to give. See, we're all called to make disciples. Number one, we're called to make disciples in our homes. That's a gift that God has given us, our family. And we're called by this scripture, by this command of Jesus to make disciples in our homes. Next, we're called to make disciples in our neighborhoods. Those around us should know that we serve Christ, whether it's by our actions, whether it's by how they see us interact, whether it's by words that we speak with them. Next, we're supposed to make disciples in our places of work. Wherever we go, wherever we do business, whatever we do, God is asking us to make disciples of how many of the nations? All of the nations. And number four, we're called to gather here on a weekly basis so we can become better disciples. 
And I want to encourage you today, if you haven't been on a New Hope encounter, you are missing out. Wonderful opportunities throughout the weekend to become a better disciple, to have a deep, meaningful relationship with God and with other people, a place where your life can be transformed. Go on an encounter if you haven't been. All are called to go and all are called to give. And here I'll let you off the hook. Not everybody's called to go to Cambodia. That would be crazy. Oh, wait a minute. We're doing that. But all are called to make disciples everywhere they go. And, and, and I'll get to the last part. And all are called to give. This church is an amazing church. This church has a heart for missions. And, and, and Pastor Bowen nailed it. Our hearts are woven together. The DNA of New Hope is in both of our hearts. And so we have a burden, a call, a passion for missions. And you guys have done that absolutely wonderful here. And, and the footprint of New Hope is all across the globe because you believe that all are called to go and that all are called to give. So why are we going? Reason number one, we'll be planning an expatriate church or an expat church. And th what that is, is an international church of English-speaking citizens who live in Cambodia, who have made that their place of business, who have made that their home as they are missionaries, who have made that, that home as they, their home as they teach English as a second language, um, medical, uh, hotel managers, and, and these folks need a church. The other side of that, because it's an international church and because English is the second language over there, that church will be in English with Khmer, Khmer is the language in Cambodia, with Khmer subtitles. See, the orphanages are raising up these amazing individuals. Tom Gnong is one of those who plays acoustic guitar and sings, and he is looking for a church to be plugged into to lead worship. Shrey Lin is another one with absolute amazing giftings when it comes to photography and editing. There are other kids that, that are being raised up to, to learn graphic design. Other kids who love the idea of lighting programming and directing, and they are looking for a church to be plugged into. And our heart and our hope and our prayers that as we build the team, we raise up a church, not only for expats that are over there, but also for Cambodians that are there looking for a place. They're longing for an experience like this. They see it online all the time, but there's nothing for them inside Siem Reap. And our hope and our prayers is to raise that vision up, is to raise that church up. The other thing I'll be doing is directing the school of ministry over there. There's, there, there's nobody to raise up those pastors and to plant those churches. So after 20 years of ministry in the U.S., 13 at Plant City Church of God, we're selling almost everything we own, packing up and moving the six of us to Cambodia. Yes. And so we'll be working with a ministry called People for Care and Learning. You saw the video a little bit earlier. And they have been in Cambodia for almost 20 years, between 15 and 20 years. The majority of that time has been spent on humanitarian efforts. If you're not familiar with Cambodia, the easiest way to describe it is think Vietnam in the 1970s. The same thing was happening in Cambodia in the 1970s. And in fact, um, if you are familiar with the Khmer Rouge then you know the story about the leader who got into place and was into power and was basically annihilated an entire generation of people, our parents' age, and about two million people. And, uh, and so this is a nation that since that time and since that regime fell has been trying desperately to just regain some sort of normal function. And so for the past almost two decades, PCL has been there doing this tremendous uh, humanitarian effort 
church. They have done things like uh, opening two orphanages. And uh, they did this uniquely because if, in most cases, in an orphanage, when a child reaches 18, that's it. That's as far as the orphanage can carry them. They're considered, in most cases around the world, an adult. And they basically have to turn them out and to go on their way and try to find their way on their own. And quite often, they'll go right back into the cycle of poverty that they came out of. Well, PCL did this differently, and they stuck with these students long past the age of 18, and they would find out what they were interested in. They would see them through university. In fact, while we were there in 2018, a young lady uh, who had come up through the orphanage received her medical license while we were there. It was an amazing day. She was super excited, and it's because they were able to stay with them through that time. Um, and so there's many, many stories like that. They've also, uh, PCL has also been working with students to, for them to learn to speak English. In Cambodia, as in many nations around the world, speaking English is the ticket out of poverty. That means the better jobs, making better money, and it helps their entire families. And so they have learning centers where they're teaching not just children, but also adults how to speak English. Um, they also have feeding centers where they minister to these people that are in extreme poverty and who need help, and so they minister to them in that way. Um, there is also a cafe there called Common Grounds, and uh, you can even look this up on TripAdvisor, and you will see Common Grounds, um, and as J.D. said earlier, if you do look it up, give them five stars. Um, but it's a wonderful ministry, but it's a coffee house. And they have been in the city of Siem Reap in the downtown area for over 10 years, which in that area is unheard of because many restaurants come through and try and fold and try and fold and try and fold, but Common Grounds has stuck it out. And because of that, they've made an impression on the people of Siem Reap. Their goal was to go in and do business as missions. And so they were giving jobs to people who desperately needed, needed jobs, training them how to do those jobs well. and. Along with that, covertly, they would be sharing the gospel and ministering. Many of them were coming to Christ. Well, there was a young man who came to work there, and his name is Delot. And when he first came to work there and he began to see what was happening, he went to one of the American missionaries who was working there, and he said, look, I like working here. I appreciate the job, and I want to continue working here, but I am not going to become a Christian. And the missionary said, okay, that's fine. And two years later, <laughs> after continuing to work there and them continuing to show the love of Christ to this man, he became the manager of Common Grounds. And not only that, he and his entire family are Christians Amen. because of what God is doing. And so most of the work, most of these efforts underneath has been this, this sharing the gospel, but it's been covertly done. They were, uh, in 2018, the vision was Cambodians for Cambodia, the idea of raising up those people, empowering them to better their own country, much like we like to do here in the U.S. And so they wanted to, to give them the tools, but the most important tool being the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so then in 2019, the vision this year for PCL has been moving from covert to overt. And so what has happened is because of the great work that the humanitarian effort that PCL has done, the work that they've been able to do with the government, they have uh, now, the government of Cambodia has looked favorably upon PCL and said, it's okay with us for you to raise up Christian pastors and plant Christian churches throughout Cambodia. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. And only God can do that because you're very familiar with other countries in Asia where that is very much not the case. And so um, we're using a model. J.D. will be uh, the director of the School of Ministry. It began this past January with 20 students. Five of them have already been commissioned and are ready. Once they're prepared, uh, finished with the two-year program, they're going to go plant a church. And we're using a model that has already proven that it worked in Cambodia. And so a few years back, Julie Martinez, who was the country director at that time, she uh, was able to connect with a young man in the village of Takam. And when you think village in Southeast Asia, that's what we're talking about. No running water, no electricity, rice farms, the poorest of the poor. But she was able to connect with some people there and one young man in particular, and she was able to lead him to Christ and begin to disciple him. Well, from that one young man, there is now a thriving church that has a church building that also has a, an, an auxiliary building where they meet with for the children. And you're going to see a few minutes. We're going to show you a video about this, this uh, church in Tacom. But this is the model that we want to use. In fact, this past summer, a church from Cleveland, Tennessee came and put on a VBS and they had over 300 kids, over 300 kids in this over 95%, 98% Buddhist nation came to have part in this VBS and they heard about Jesus Christ. And so this is what we're hoping to do in Cambodia. Take a look at this video from Takam Village. Church was absolutely amazing here at Takam Village. Um, it's, it's actually my second time here and there's such an authenticity with their worship. Uh, they were singing their songs in Kamai and just singing their hearts out from kids all the way to adults. But since this is Andy's first time, I wanted to tell you guys kind of her experience. Yeah, well what impressed me the most as we listened to them sing in Kamai, and especially when they sang Amazing Grace after we had sung it in English, was you know, our God is so big that one language is just not enough to offer worship to Him. And even two languages is not enough. And so it just really, it's a glimpse of heaven. When we get to heaven, there's going to be every tongue, every tribe, every nation. And what a, a tremendous blessing to kind of have a just a little bit of a peek into heaven when we were here this week. It was amazing. And the other, the other fun part was at the end of service, we got to give away the guitars. Yes. And, uh, and and they kind of do what we do. They they split off for kids' church, and uh, Pastor Charlie, not Charlie, but Charlie, and uh, <laughs> and Pastor Tom uh, were over there, and the adults were over here, and, and Isaac was um, translating for us, and the adults, I think, might have been more excited than the kids. He asked, who here would like to learn to play guitar? And they all shot their hands up, and uh, and he was explaining that we're going to give the guitars, but they had seen them back there, and they were all pointing um, at the guitars, and we got them out, and they took them out and started playing right then. So, so again, thank you for your generosity, for your willingness to see the need and, and to be willing to meet that need. So now is the time. <laughs> the window is open. God is smiling on Cambodia, and he's chosen a couple of his servants to head over there and do what we feel like God is asking us to do. As Angie mentioned earlier, our, our approach will be two-pronged or two-fold. We'll be leading the School of Ministry over there with 20 students as of January and five commissioned pastors. That means there are five kids that have been raised up in their orphanage that are part of the PCL staff that feel called to ministry. 
called to pastor. They've been commissioned to do that. And Lord willing, over the next 18 months, there will be five new churches in and around Siem Reap, Cambodia. Amen. We are excited about what God is going to do in Cambodia and, and even more excited and humbled that he's chosen some folks like us to do that. So when you pray for us, you're helping us. When you give, you're helping us around the world. You know, we, we come to places and, and say, we cover your prayers, but I just want us to get right to the chase. We covet your money. Your prayer support is absolutely key in, because uh, there, there have even been times during this transition when, when we may go through a rough phase, and then all of a sudden, it's like we feel empowered and strengthened again. And I know, I know that's because there are people around the United States praying for us. See, you are part of the work that God is doing in Cambodia. When you get to heaven, if you pray for us, if you support us financially, you will have treasure in heaven. As Pastor Bowen said, send it on ahead. Sow it into what God is doing in Cambodia. And we want you to stay as connected as possible. We have an email list that we would love for you to join to receive regular updates about what God is doing here in the U.S. before we go and in Cambodia while we are there. If you have a smartphone, if you want to pull that out and just, we're going to create a new text. We want to text Cambodia to 66866. So you want to just take a minute, start a new text to 66866, type in the word Cambodia, and uh, you'll receive a text back. And you can just click through that link and put in your name and email, and you'll be part of that list, and you will receive regular updates for what's happening in Cambodia. Also, uh, our website's about four weeks old now. You can go to thewoodsides.com. Follow us on thewoodsides.com. If you want to follow our blog, thewoodsides.com forward slash blog. And also, we got any YouTubers out there? All right, I heard it. All right, we're on YouTube as well. If you want to check out J.D. Woodside on YouTube, you can do that. But if you have your phone, again, text Cambodia to 66866, and uh, you can be plugged into what's happening there. We'll, we'll give you many opportunities to pray, and we'll share some of our financial needs. I want to share some miracles through this process. We resigned on June 23rd, and so we've been unemployed since then. But God has miraculously met our needs over the last three months, and we're grateful for that as we have traveled around to tell what God is doing there and the good news, not only to where we are, but to where we're headed. Um, we have a need for transportation over there. Uh, the, the, ma the main form of transportation is called a moto. So it's not a motorcycle, it's more like a scooter, okay? So not a lot of gears, just imagine. And that's how people travel around in Cambodia. Sometimes they will stack six people on a moto. Dad here driving, two kids here, wife here holding a baby, one more on the back. So that's how we planned it. No, it's not how we planned to get around. Um, at least not with mom on the moto. I wouldn't mind chancing all four kids and me on there, but um, actually mom probably would not want us to do that. But God miraculously provided a moto for us. We were at one of the churches and they took on that need and they donated $1,500 so we could at least have a form of transportation for a couple of us over there. Uh, the place we'll be staying is very urban inside Siem Reap, so scooter's the way to go until we start heading out to the surrounding countryside. Also, flying to Cambodia is not cheap. Uh, it's it's 
between 900 and 1200 bucks uh, for a one-way ticket. So that's right at $1,000. And two churches came along, and they, they purchased six one-way tickets for us, donated the money so that we could do that. So we are, again, we are amazed at the way God has been providing. Now, we would like to come back in a year. Six more tickets. It's not like one ticket. It's not like two tickets. Not like three tickets or even four or even five. What are we doing? <laughs> Six tickets uh, to head over there. And so if, if that's something you feel like God is putting on your heart, uh, we will gladly receive that um, so that we can get back and share what God is doing over there. Um, we're raising our support. That's how this works. We, we, we yearly raise our support. We go there. We live off of that support for a year. We come back, share the story, raise support again. But here's something that has nothing to do with our support, but what I'm most excited about. Over there, because of the Cambodian culture because of the value of the U.S. dollar, we can pay one pastor's salary to plant a church is $200 a month. For $2,400, we can raise a pastor's salary. What if we did that five times over? That's five pastor's salaries that we would be able to pay to plant churches. The cost of the kingdom of God is, <laughs> let's just say this, his resources are infinite. And over there, we can spread the gospel for cheap. <laughs> is it okay to say that? That sounded weird when it came out. But we can spread the gospel for pennies on the dollar of what it takes to do here. So your dollar in Cambodia is very valuable. And so those are just a few things. I hope that now you know what God has called all of us to do, that you feel compassion for the lost and inspired to reach them, and that, that, that your action will be to support us through prayer and giving. And now I have something specific for you. If you'll turn to Romans chapter 15, verse 13, for the next few minutes, very short, I want to talk to you about hope. Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says this. Let me pull it up here. Now, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's read that again. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound, or some versions say overflow, in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. How many of you would like to be overflowing with hope today? Amen. Me as well. Point number one, if you're taking notes, I would encourage you to write this down. If you need hope, God is hope. If you came this morning and you're empty inside and you need hope today, I want to encourage you that God is hope. Here's the amazing thing about the infinite wisdom and power of God. Not only is God the object of our hope, the one whom we hope in, he is also the author of our hope, the one who gives us hope. Some of these concepts just make my mind go, ay, 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 ay. but this morning, if you need hope, God is hope. I've also got a little secret. I know where you can find God. I know where he is. I know where he is in the middle of the night. I know where he is early in the morning. I know where he is while you're at work. I know where he is while you're messing around on the computer. I know where he is while you're fishing. I know where he is while you're playing golf. He's right here. If you need hope, 
God is hope. And you can find it right here in the Word of God. For our 20 years of ministry, we've been preaching the same thing, but I don't think we can preach it enough. Read the Bible. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, read the Bible. Look at your other neighbor and say, did you read the Bible today? Wait a minute, don't do that, don't do that. In the Bible is where we find hope. In the Bible is where we reach the point to where we are overflowing with hope. Spending time with God, we begin to reflect God himself. And I want to encourage you today, if you need hope, God is hope. Point number two, if you have hope, people will want hope. So don't be stingy. Look at the neighbor who was singing too loud and say, don't be stingy. Okay, do it again. Don't be stingy. <laughs> You're right. Nobody was singing too loud around you. Don't be stingy with the hope that you have. What does it say in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Romans 12, verse 12. Be joyful in hope. If you need hope this morning, God is hope. If you have hope this morning, people will want hope. Anybody ever lost their phone? Keys? Forget where you parked your car? With a family of six, things get lost a little more often than normal. And uh, one of those things happens to be a phone. You ever be like, somebody call mom's phone. We can't find it. And sometimes the things are important enough in our home that we stop whatever we're doing and we begin to search for whatever it is that's missing. In this case, let's say a phone. And it becomes a fun little game because everybody in the house wants to be the one that finds it. And you know what happens when they do find it? I found it! I found it! And then we all holler, Jaden found it! Jaden found it! But how many times do we walk through life with the very hope that everyone needs and we keep our head down instead of crying out in the streets, I found it, instead of saying in publics so when we see that person struggling, saying, I found it, I have what you're looking for. If you have hope, people will want hope. People are dying for hope. So don't be stingy. We have a responsibility to make disciples of all nations. And one of the ways we can do that is by giving hope, is by giving joy, is by giving peace. And if we're going to do those things, then our eyes must be open to giving hope, to giving joy, to giving peace. One of the keys to doing that is saying, Lord, send me someone today that I can give hope to. And he'll do it. You know, God's called us to be the salt of the earth. And sometimes I think that, that, that the salt prefers to stay in the salt shaker the whole time. Get shaken up every now and then, but we don't want to be the ones that are poured out to share the gospel. I want to encourage you today to give hope wherever you go. Not to stay bound up in the salt shaker, but to get out there and be the salt of the earth. Point number three, if you're taking notes, if you give hope, you will always have hope. If you give hope, you'll always have hope. If you give Jesus, you never run out of Jesus. Have you ever said, I got nothing left to give? 
Well, you're giving the wrong thing. If you give up yourself, you'll eventually run out. But if you give Jesus, you have an infinite supply. And in Jesus is hope. If you give hope away, you'll always have hope. You'll have an infinite supply of hope to reach back into. If you give joy away, you'll always have joy. You'll have an infinite supply of joy that you can reach into. If you give peace away, you'll always have peace because you have an infinite supply of peace that you can dip into. Matthew chapter 14, when Jesus feeds the 5,000, I want to read this to you, starting with verse 13. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw the crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Verse 15, as evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the village and buy themselves some food. Jesus, Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, the disciples said. Verse 18, bring them to me, Jesus said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men, besides women and children. Verse 19, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples. And who gave them to the people? The disciples gave them to the people. The miracle didn't necessarily happen in Jesus' hands. The miracle happened in the disciples' hands. As the children come up now, I want to share this last point with you. Imagine this. Imagine being one of those 12 disciples. Do you think they could really carry around enough in their basket to feed around 500 people? 12, 500, that's about 6,000, okay. No, be too heavy. But here's what happened. I, I, I wish I could have been one of them. They have the fish, they have the loaves, they give it to one family. They reach in the basket, there's more. They give it to another family. They reach in the basket, there's, there's more. They give it to another family. By about the fifth family, I would be like, this is awesome! And I'd be like, take all you want, you know? Those first few families, I'd be like, uh, just take a little bit. You know, like you do with pizza. Two pieces, guys, that's it, two pieces. There's some left over, you can have some. <laughs> but towards the end, when I knew that basket was infinite, I would be giving it away like you wouldn't believe. And so I hope this morning that we give hope away. Understanding we have an infinite supply. That we give the love of Jesus away understanding that we have an infinite supply. Two of the greatest commandments are this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. There's a key word there, and it's how we try to live our lives, and that's all in. God wants all of our heart. God wants all of our mind. God wants all of our soul, and God wants all of our strength.
If you need hope this morning, God is hope. If you have hope, people will want hope. If you give hope, you'll always have hope. So how much hope should we give? All of it. How much joy should we give? All of it. How much peace should we give? <laughs> All of it. I'll never forget the Thursday night we shared with the kiddos what God may be asking us to do. We wanted them to be a part of this decision. It's kind of a fleece we were putting out there because, you know, you don't want to drag your kids kicking and screaming to Walmart. You for sure don't want to drag them kicking and screaming to Cambodia. And Thursday nights for us back in Plant City were ballet night and flag football night. And so we had dinner a little late on those nights and we were around the dinner table. The sun had almost set already. We shared, Dad may have this opportunity to move to Cambodia, to direct a school of ministry, and to plant a church. And it was pretty cool because for the next hour, hour and a half, they talked to us like four little adults, question after question after question, which spurred other questions, which they would share, and they would share their opinions about things. Number one question, what's the food like? We said, y'all like rice? They all like rice, which works out good. But th th don't worry, the food's not, not that bad over there. We will get used to it. And two of them that night were fully on board, were ready to go. In fact, one of them wanted to take a vote so he could convince the other two why we needed to go. We didn't want to force anything. We wanted, we wanted God to work in their hearts and in their lives. And the next morning, the other two came to me uh, one by one and said, Dad, I'm ready to move to Cambodia. And since then, it has been open door after open door after open door after open door. And it's not because of us. It's because God has something special for the country of Cambodia. It's because God is about to pour out his spirit and see him reap. It's because God is setting things up because he wants a revival to come to Southeast Asia. And we're grateful that he's chosen us to be a part of it. I'm grateful that I got four kiddos who are all in with us I believe God has a specific work for Jaden to do. I believe he's got something specific for Jensen. I believe he has something specific for Julian and something specific for Ava. The question I want us to ask ourselves this morning is are we giving our all? Be praised. If we could all stand together. I want to pray for you this morning before I turn it over to, to Pastor Bowen. If you're here today and you need hope, God is hope. If you have hope, don't be stingy. And if you give hope, you'll always have hope. If we could bow our heads. I made the Lord a promise several years ago that anytime I had the opportunity to hold the microphone in this setting, I would always give folks the opportunity to be saved. If you're here this morning and you haven't given your all to Christ, if you've never completely laid down your life and surrendered to him, I want to pray for you today. If you could just show me by an uplifted hand, I'd like to pray for you specifically. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 If your hand is raised, I would love to chat with you after service this morning about what God is doing in your life. I'd love to pray with you but I want to pray for you now. God, in the name of Jesus.
I pray that you would give us new hope, (laughs) that you would give us fresh hope. Lord, I pray for those who haven't completely surrendered every area of their life to you, that that would happen now, that that would happen at this very moment, that we would love you with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. God, I pray that you would fill us with hope. Lord, fill us with joy. God, fill us with peace. Lord, may the good news of Jesus Christ overflow from us. Lord, give us souls, we pray in the name of Jesus. God, I love you. Lord, I need you, and I cannot do this without you. Minister to those who lifted their hands, and minister to those who are here this morning that need fresh hope. In Jesus' name.